welcome to a Texas-sized edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man we simply call the little cowpoke. <laughs> I give you the Brent. Hey, everybody. Oh, my God. There's the cowpoke voice. So, last week, if you joined us, we spun the wheel, and we didn't make the deal, did no. we? No. You made the deal. Yeah. You in the chat. Because you selected... You're to blame. Choice. Bam. It's the TI-99 yeah. 4A. The old 4A, Brent. We haven't crossed paths with the 4A for a long time. It has been a while. We haven't made a 4A into the Texas Instrument for quite a while. Well, I you're on drugs, aren't you? Well, a little bit, <clears> yeah. <throat> so I thought before we get back into the game here, we would uh, refresh ourselves with what the TI was. Now... I'm going to go back and catch our original episode. We go to like the specs of the TI. But I want to talk about what's transpired since the last time we did a show on the TI. Well, something we should probably mention. If, if you are looking for more of a deep dive into the system, uh, you can check out ARG Presents Volume 46. Oh, man. When we take our original look at this. Was it that far back? 46? 46. What number, what number are we on now? Uh uh, a lot more than that. Holy <clears throat> Three years ago. Yeah. Uh, you also get to see us wear Texas hats. Yeah, that was cool. I uh, should have worn my hat again this time. Uh, but this week, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about the games. Aaron wants to go over that. Yeah. And then I want to go over something that's going to make everyone's life playing and experiencing the TI-99 a little bit easier. Right on. So, uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. As a kid, my one of my good friends had a TI. In fact, they had about 10. I told that story on the last show. <laughs> yeah. His mom went out and bought about a million TIs, and they were on super duper, like, get these out of here, clothes out. She had a closet full of them. And the TI-994A, the beautiful, like, chromed-up version, real nice-looking machine. But, you know, I didn't have much time for the TI-99. I'll be honest with you. I thought it was sort of a dud. Because You, you were wrong. Well, my buddies all had Ataris, and I had a Coco, and so I thought the TI just didn't think much of it. It was a weird system. I just never meshed with it that much. So, flash forward... To the episode we did, uh, and I thought to myself, hey, this TI's got some a couple of decent games on it. Because everyone talks about Parsec, like that's the game, you know. But I did a stream of TI uh, uh, sometime earlier in the year, and suddenly I'm playing all these awesome games. Arcade ports, original games. Yeah. Like, I mean, stuff like Alpiner, which was a really fun game. But they also had, like, Jungle Hunt. They had stuff like that. I mean, they had a lot of good... <clears throat> arcade ports, Parker Brothers supported them, uh, and they also we I think we even played Mash on here, which is actually on the screen right now. Uh, so there, I found up there were more fun games on the TI that I would have anticipated. Absolutely. And so I went back. the The problem with the TI up to this point was just I never. There were a lot of games I had trouble running on the Mister and some stuff because of the way that the TI uh, does its ROMs, the TI ROM setup back in the day was unique to the TI. And so I couldn't just load up a ROM in, in the mister and have it work. There were some like steps and certain techniques you had to use to load stuff. It was kind of a pain. But then you, I think maybe you found that's an easy solution for most people. Absolutely. There is a Java emulator online that is, I, I mean, astounding to go back and look at some of these amazing games. If you go to JS99ER.net, that's js99er.net. Uh, it will open up a a uh, Texas Instrument emulator 
And holy cow, is it good. Yeah. Uh, it has literally all the software you could ever want for it. And something you need to know, to access that, you click the software button and then click more and then type in what you're looking for. Yeah, it had everything. Uh, it literally had everything I was trying to find. Now, you you can uh, sideload ROMs off of it. It has some disk compilation disc that you could explore that way. That's how I started doing those it. Those were great. They yeah. Had a ton of games <clears throat> on them. But this makes the emulation for this system bonehead simple. Yeah. Bonehead simple. And it allows you really to get in there and enjoy what the TI-99 has to offer. I played several, several of these games but before landing on what I ended up choosing. And I enjoyed almost every single one of them. It is amazing how many good games are on this system. Now, my only complaint, my only complaint is there are a ton of arcade ports, right? Yeah. Uh, now, and that's not... As was the style of the time. Yeah, and that's not bad for most people, um, but they didn't try to expand on the game. They tried to make it like the arcade. And if you know me, if you've seen previous shows... I don't like that. If I, I, I it, it's different back then. I understand the value of back then that those titles, but in the modern day, in the here and now, if I want to play Bump and Jump, I'm going to go play Bump and Jump. I'm not going to go play it for the TI-99. Now there is some historical value, and uh, you know we're not going to debate all that. Today. I will do that, by the way. Yeah, I know you will, but. To co, there's plenty of original games or uh, 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 takes that the TI-99 has on some games that are worth checking out. So again, I highly recommend JS99ER.net. Give it a look, see. We'll link it up under the show. Yeah, there. and and play some of these games, man. The TI-99 does not get enough credit for some good stuff because they did some good stuff. Yeah, I've got to say, I can say this without any hesitation. I was wrong, real wrong about the TI. Yeah. Uh, and this game, this the machine also has a certain display feel that you don't get on any machine. I don't know what it is. The the fonts look different. The it just is a it's a different beast. I also learned to appreciate its sound uh, uh, the expansion, the voice the expansion. Voice, yes, it's a tight. Uh, voice expansion, and I think it's uh, one of the better ones I've heard from back in the day. Yeah, in fact, and maybe the best. It was real. It's got some real good. Uh, the, the audio, the quality is it's pretty darn good. Yes, and that is emulatable on that site. Yeah, so you get pretty much the best of all the worlds in, in a web friendly package. Yeah, it's amazing. I will say, during, I will say, when I was playing my game. Even if you just leave the room, it will just occasionally make noise, and it scared the crap out of me several <laughs> times. So uh, there you go. But yeah, I strongly recommend you check out the TI library. I'm going to be going back to it on stream uh, sooner than later. Oh, we're we will probably swing back by here Friday well, for Thanksgiving. You know, when we did the TI the first time, did you? Were, were, I don't think I really realized how many good games I had. I mean, is, is this the show that opened your eye to the TI, or did you know? Um. I don't think I deep dived into it three years ago when we did the first show nearly as much as I did this show. This show, I went through a lot of games and could lear really learn to appreciate what they were doing with this system way back when. Yeah, very good, very good. So with all that said, uh, 
it was our task to choose two games from the uh, very uh, former library of the TI. And I'm going to let you lead the dance this week. All right. Uh, and I'll also say, uh, you've been on a tear. What did you bring to the show this time around? <clears throat> I wanted to do a TI-99 exclusive, mm. and I found one. And we're going to take a look at Moon Miner. Moon it's Miner. Moon Mine. Moon Mine. Well, you're right. Well, you are a miner, though. So, fine. Moon Mine. Well, you got to tell them the right name. Ah. You're already off the rails. Ah. All right. Before we talk about Moon Mine, I want to talk about the guy behind Moon Mine a little bit. And his name is John Phillips. And this is not, do not confuse him with the, the uh, uh, famous designer, uh, famous British designer by the same name. Because they both do the same gimmick where they hide their initials into sprites in the games they make. But no, this John, this John Phillips is an American. The other guy, obviously British. I doubt there's a lot of European <clears throat> programming being, that was done on the TI. Well, yeah, think, exactly. I don't recall the TI being a big player <laughs> over, in, over in the UK or over in Europe. I could be wrong. So, John Phillips, he's got a, he's got a, a, a fairly, I guess, common story from back in the day. Grew up, wanted to make games, right? Got on it at, at Texas Instruments. And what do they do? They said, no, you don't make games. You go be a software engineer over there. And the dude was smart, right? He made his programs. He did what he was supposed to do. And his wife was friends with someone that was in the California branch. I believe it was California. And they were like, hey, like, my husband really wants to make games. Or I think this was, it was his girlfriend at the time. Really wants to make games. You know, is there any way you can get him an interview or something? So they were like, yeah, yeah. Uh, called him up. Talked to him a little bit, saw that he had he had already uh, been a valuable asset with the company, but he'd only been at Texas Instrument for a year, right? So <clears throat> he's like, "All right, I'll just drive out to Sacramento for this interview." They're like, "What? No, you can't just drive to Sacramento. We'll we'll get you a plane ticket. We'll fly you there." Because the dude just didn't know, right? Because that's a that's a heck of a drive for anyone who doesn't know. Um, flew over, did the interview, and uh, got the position. And they said, listen, your first task, we've already got... <laughs> yeah, we already <laughs> We already have the rough layout for a game. I mean, really rough, like just storyboard type things. We want you to program this game. And that game was Moon Mine. Really? And he, he was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And the Texas Instrument had a, a unique pricing structure for how they pay, gave bonuses for software back in the day. And they said, listen, <coughs> your software will either be a type A or a type B. Type A is you finished your game, we brought it to market, here's a $250 check, clappy clappy, now you're done, right? $250 $250. Bucks. Now, I mean, he got his salary and all the other stuff, too, but this was... Yeah, but that's, that's chintzy. Game, a game B, type B, is, uh, congratulations, you completed the project, clappy clappy. You will now receive royalty on the game for four years. Right. A much better deal. A, a potentially a much better deal. Yeah. Well, Moonmine uh, returned as a type A, right? 
And, and that's a good one. No, no, that's, that's a, a bad that's one. the two hundred and fifty bucks out the door. Oh my god, and, that's horrible. And uh, uh, it was. He was bummed about it. Yeah. Because he because everything he had done at this point, uh, it, back in the Texas offices, were type A things. His next game that he produced was actually a type B game, <clears throat> and then they shut the the <laughs> then the company shut down a year and a half later. So he only got a year and a half worth of royalties. Oh man. But he was he's an interesting fellow. Uh, he's he's still out there today. Uh, I I think he's retired. I couldn't see any software that he had done recently. Right. Um, but he is accredited for a handful of games. Uh, D-Station, Face Chase, Jawbreaker 2, Time, uh, Star Trap, and Strike 3. These are all uh, that I'm aware of. I've heard they, of Jawbreaker 1, but I didn't yeah. know there was a sequel to well, it. Apparently there is. I can't imagine the royalty payouts were going to be big on any of those. This is probably the big one he would have had. Um, and he, now he's, uh, you know, he's he's grown up. He's got a family. He's got three kids. Um, and apparently he loves music. He big music guy. I could not find if he played music. I looked. I was really hoping he did. Uh, but I know that he enjoys music a lot because it's on his YouTube channel. Um. So now let's talk a little bit about Moon Mine. What a fun, unique game. In this game, you are in search of, of resources uh, in this Moon Mine that have been stolen by aliens. So you get into your, your, your tracked vehicle and you roll down this continuous, never-ending mine shaft, fighting aliens, and whenever the opportunity arises, you stop your craft, get out of the vehicle, run, collect the ore or the gems that you find or the coolant for your vehicle, and then run back to the ship and get back in. The, the mining segment of it, when you're in your vehicle and you're rolling down, you have turrets at the top and bottom of the screen that shoot vertically, and you have turrets on the left and right hand side of the screen that shoot horizontally. Here's the catch, though. Your vertical shooting uh, turrets shoot the full length of the screen, so you can cover off all of it. Your horizontal shooting turrets only cover the length of your tracks, your, your vehicle tracks. So it's a very short laser. And the aliens come at you from a 3D perspective, uh, bouncing towards you off all the edges of the screen and until they eventually will hit your vehicle if you don't shoot them in time. Uh, like I said, uh, when you need, when you come across a, a bit of material on the ground or if there was a, a water coolant for the pickup to help maintain your vehicle, you stop. And you become you you you're a man at this point in front of your vehicle running around. You have to run out and gather the goods. The aliens are still attacking, so you have to use your your own personal firearm to shoot at the aliens that are coming, and then run back to your ship or your your mining vehicle. Aaron, first off, so I, I have to ask you: Did you think this perspective? Because it's it's like you're looking down into the middle of the screen, and the 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 cave is almost shot from a first person perspective. 
Did you find this disorienting at all? No, not a bit. I thought it. Was, <clears throat> I thought it was the perspective was spot on. I mean, it's like you're going down a long corridor, or something, depending on. I would assume that's what it was because the yes. guy gets out. Yes, that is what you it could is. Have, if you didn't have the getting out aspect, I suppose you could have said you were going down. But I like the idea that you're going. Listen, we have a lot of mines here in West Virginia, yeah. right? I've been in them, <clears throat> including some that have tracked vehicles. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're not perfectly rectangular like this <laughs> mine is. But this is really well when, cut. If you were going down a, a, a well cut mine uh, into a mine, of course, you, people hear mine shaft. I think a lot of people that aren't in the know think it's just like a pit. Yeah, down. It's yeah, not. no. It's a steady. It's 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 straight. Yeah. For the most part, straight as an arrow. And, some, and occasionally you might have a, 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 a go to an elevator or something, move up. Correct. Sometimes they'll slant, but it, the problem is you've got to be careful because the water <laughs> run off. I don't get too deep into the thought on this. No, I had no problem with the aspect of looking or traveling down the shaft. Now, I. I Looked at some reviews on this, and a, a few people had problems with the, the your your far off perspective is just a black square. Yeah, and I, some people I, I saw were in the review saying, "Well, you can't see the enemy when they're all the way." But that's I think right. that's part of the game. Clearly, these people haven't been in the mines. <laughs> it's dark down there. Yeah, when crap comes flying out of them, you're not going to see it. That's one of the things I liked about the game is that you've got the different colored uh, aliens that pop out. Some of them are right up against the blackness of the shaft, and you can't see them. But that's part of it. You can, but you you can see the movement, and so there it, it feeds into that feeling of oh crap, what I can't see it. Where's it at? You know, yeah. it, it gives you a little bit of that. Uh, and then I mean, and it's not like as they move closer, they'll jump into the into the more lit areas that you can yes. see, and then you'll have a better chance of shooting them. Yes. Now, having the four-gun setup, yeah. did you find yourself relying on one set of guns way more than the other? Yes, I did. Okay, which ones? The, uh, the top and bottom guns are the ones I use the most. However, uh, you will find yourself occasionally swapping back and forth, and uh, 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 when you do that... Uh, it's uh, it, you know, it it's it can be if you can get confused as to which guns you're using and you're trying to swap back real quick. But I mean, I thought it was pre fairly seamless. I played this on the keyboard and I, I like the I actually kind of like the aspect because if it was just one set of guns, it'd be it wouldn't be as unusual. Well, the the reason why you have to use both both sets of guns and I use both sets of guns. Yeah, I mean, I use them both, but I it, use one more than the other. When the alien is on the extreme left or extreme right part of the screen, since the turrets in the middle are between your tank tracks, they can they can't cover the last say one sixth of the screen on either side. Yeah, and that's when you've got to use those side lasers if an alien's getting really close. Uh. I thought this was brilliant. Uh, the way you can die in this game is if an alien hits your craft, if you overheat your your lasers, if you and you've got to be sparse with them. You haven't even and got it, into that part of it. Yeah, yet. It, it gets even more difficult as you go along, but you can't just lay on the button. No. You will overheat your lasers, and if you overheat a laser, you lose a guy. And as you're traveling, you can choose to stop or not stop to pick up things. And if you choose to not pick up the, the coolant, the, the, the engine coolant, yeah. you will just eventually overheat and explode. Yeah. Yeah. 
So th there's a lot going on in this game, but it doesn't feel like a lot. It feels like just enough. And I really enjoyed that about this game. Um, graphically, the 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 animation of going down the shaft, because you don't drive your tank. It is one long, straight path, and your tank <clears throat> just goes on its own. You only choose to stop it to get out. You That's it. There's no moving left or right. There's no moving your tank. It's just one straight line. Uh, and that's okay, because that gives you your up, down, left, and right to control your turrets, and then your buttons to shoot them. I, I, I enjoyed that. I think... As you go on, uh, different levels of the game will slightly change the aesthetics. It actually changes the color of your HUD, which will slightly change the colors of the, the mine shaft, which I think is just enough to let you know you've made it off of a level oh, yeah. and, and, and still not break the flow of the game. Uh, there are several monster types that have different uh, looks, including one that has his initials in it, like I said before, and they, they give different point values. You can see ones that are green or purple easier than you can see the all-black ones because they're kind of hidden by the shadow of the, of the extent of the tunnel. I really, really enjoyed this game, and it has speech. Oh, yeah. And I have a funny story about the speech, Aaron. All right. Uh, at John Phillips, so he's kind of the new guy doing this project, right? And he got assigned to Moon Mine, and he worked uh, with his supervisor, Bob Henderson. And they, they knew it, they got together, they worked on it, and at the end of the thing, uh, Jim Dramas, who also did Car Wars, Munchman and Parsec, right? Ooh, yeah. He helped a little bit on it too. So, at the end of the project, his supervisor Bob uh, Hydron said, "Listen, we've got to do a voice for the cartridge for the for the voiceover for this game. We're going to use the same girl that did the voice for Parsec. We thought she was good. We're just going to throw her back in there." And uh, yeah, she was good too. John Phillips was like, "But that's not." That's not what I want. I want this woman. They actually had a falling out over this. Really? So much so that, it, well, and first off, the Parsec lady did eventually do the voice, uh, but they had such a falling out that uh, John Phillips says it ruined his relationship with his supervisor. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so... Kind of crazy. What an odd thing to fight over, He's right? Sticking to his gun, so it's his game. Yeah. He wants to, you know, so he didn't get what he wanted. Ironically. He did not get what he wanted. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a, an interesting little tidbit to go along with it all. Yeah, uh, the voices in this game, great. Uh, I think they come across incredibly clear. Yeah, um, they uh, are not so continuous that you get sick of them. It mostly just announces if there's something coming up in the yeah. in, in the mine shaft, you need to be aware. It sort of pairs <coughs> the the heads up display. Correct, yeah. correct. Um, and you know, it, it there's no uh, the the female voice never makes fun of you. Now there is a overall protagonist in this game uh, called the Zygnot. Yeah, and if you make it deep enough, 
He will actually, when you die, he will come out and taunt you. He, I saw him. Yeah. I saw that guy. And I was wondering about that. You can never reach him. He is an unattainable goal. So he just oh, comes. That, cause I, see, I, he came out right after I died, and I thought, man, I must have just missed him. So you can never get to him. No, he oh, isn't. Oh, that's brutal. Uh, as confirmed by John Phillips seven years ago, he you can never actually get them. He he is just there to taunt the player. Uh, but the, his voice is also very well done in the game. Uh, you can earn extra crewmen, which is kind of weird because Not they really. actually. Well, I mean, they can just be people that are working <laughs> in the mine. You pick them up, like well, Yeah, but you don't pick them up. You birth them at some no, during they, your score. They come out from the side. That's why you didn't see it. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't have a problem with that. It makes sense. You get out of the mine, you pick some guys up, give them a ride. So, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this game. Uh, My biggest harp on it is, uh, because it's a high score game. I think we can all agree with that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my biggest harp on this game is uh, it takes too long to get difficult. Yeah, and and as far as I can tell, was there a difficulty setting in this? Well, I'm about ready to blow your mind. Okay, go ahead, blow it. John Phillips has this thing. He puts cheat menus in all his games. Okay. This one included. Oh, okay. At the opening screen, before you press any keys, the title screen, if you press star, pound sign, star, you will open up a cheat menu that will allow you to start on any level you want, 1 through 60, and with as many men as you want, 1 through 9. Oh, wow. And if you do that, I mean, play the game normally the first few times, and then when you feel comfortable, you want to start at, like, say, level 5. That will give you enough chance to ramp up and yeah. it still be comfortable. But levels 1 through 4 are are pretty slow. Yeah. They're pretty slow. But with that cheat code, being able to skip farther into the game, I skipped to the last level, it's a pounding. It's an absolute pounding. Uh, eventually, you have uh, more enemies on the screen. You can have two at a time, and the enemies can take more than one shot, up to three shots. Oh, wow. So, it, it, the game gets incredibly hard the farther you go into it. Aaron, do you have any final thoughts before we head to the Discord review? Well, on, on I haven't got to say anything about Moon it Moon Mine? So, I'm going to jump in. Ooh. I loved Moon Mine. Yes. This was a winner. It's a big, big, huge winner. Yes. Like, this is top shelf. Loved it. It's old school fun. And the guy that made it, I, I'm stunned this was his first game. I'm baffled at that. Yep. And he did some things that I love. Right? Number one, he's got a cool theme. Right? You're trying to clear this mind. Two, he could have just had this game have crosshairs or have some, I mean, having the double guns, that made it better because that's different. Three, Having the water cooled in a temperature, that's great. Yeah. That's another thing I really love. It really adds to the game. The fact that the game uh, has levels, it changes colors. I love all that stuff. The voice is cool. But the big thing he did was your ability to hop out of the tank to pick stuff up. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to add that in, but he did. And that is great. Yes. Because that adds an aspect to the game. It also breaks it up. Yes. You're crawling along in this in this huge underwater underground tank, but occasionally you're got to get out, and he's got a pistol, and all of a sudden now the guy's exposed to these aliens. When you're in the tank, you don't think much about it. I love that aspect of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. 
I like the fact that it used the voice. I thought the voice, like I said, I, thought, I mean, listen, it adds to the game. It doesn't have to be that. Doesn't have to be that star of the game. Yeah. Just as long as it adds to it. And both the games, I think we did, it added to the game. And in this one, especially, I like the fact that uh, he put in like this unobtainable alien. I wish you could get to him. Yeah. But it did. It did. I will say, I was just like anyone playing this for the first time. I saw that guy. I'm like, what is this? What is this? I've got to get to that guy. You know. Uh, I enjoyed it so much, and on a rare uh, occasion, I, I cat, screen captured my high score. I was yeah, proud of saw it. that. Man, <laughs> I actually did a good job in this game. It was instantly playable. There was no yeah. learning curve. I mean, it, it's not you're not going to be instantly mastering it, and you and the uh, the the fact that the temperature thing keeps you from just spamming shots. It's actually quite a brilliant game. Yeah, I really enjoyed it a lot. And so I give this thing, uh, 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 you've done it again. I'm going to give you credit. You found another winner, uh, the brand, in, in this one. And it being a TI-99 exclusive, yeah, that kind of that, that makes it cool. And that it also has cool. a good look to it. It does. You know, it, the, 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 the scrolling on the on the mine shaft is, is it's good. It's smooth as silk. I mean, they didn't reinvent the wheel here. No. Just like, but, I mean, it works for this game. Now, yeah. I mean, I, I can envision a sequel to this that where, the, where you have to, like, go down mine shafts or turn corners or speed up or slow down. You know, there's a lot of stuff. Think about yeah. things you can do with that concept like this. And you can even uh, uh, keep everything else pretty much intact. Some Someone to consider in the future. Uh, we did get a review on this one uh, from our good buddy Pajaco. Pajaco writes, Moon Mine, a simple but fun game that could have been an early arcade game. Absolutely. Weirdly, even though the aiming system is really just an alternative crosshair method, I still struggle to get my head around it, and often resulted to just using the top and bottom guns. I think the developers could have made the game more interesting if the horizontal and vertical guns fired alternatively. Uh, uh, Getting out of the ship to collect bonus treasure and water is a great addition to the game, and being able to use the crew member to shoot aliens makes it even better. Yeah. And the overheating gun mechanism... Means the auto fire freaks have to do this old school. My only, <laughs> my only complaint with Moon Mine is the space colored aliens that are impossible to see most of the time. So more luck than skill comes into play, especially on the later levels, as those pesky aliens are pinging all over the shop. Uh, for a game of its time, I really, I really liked it. And with the addition of the speech pack, I'm really taken back to the arcades. Eight out of ten. I want to say I didn't mention this. If you're a fan of a game like uh, a Gyrus or a Tempest, where these things kind of come out of the void and come up and like a, with like scaling, this has that. Yeah. And you do get that feeling. Now, of course, they're not coming up out of the void in this case. They're just far off in the distance. But there is a scaling involved. Again, I'm stunned that this is the guy's first game that he pulled that off. It's a shame he didn't make more, a lot more stuff. But I mean, I love the idea that a guy could have a girlfriend that knows a guy. That can get him into making a game for TI. Yeah, I mean, like Those I said, days are over. he was already in TI's workforce, right. and he had worked on things before, just not games. So he was he was an accomplished software engineer uh, before he went to make do his first game. But this is his yeah first venture into commercial gaming. An outstanding, an outstanding game. I've got to say, I really enjoyed it. I also like the, the box art's cool. Some of these old TIs games had some really cool box art. It's like photorealistic, sort of. Real cool. I like that. They had a, 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 a just all-around, top-shelf 
piece of work there, the brand. You did good on that one, my Absolutely. friend. Absolutely. So, well, I wanted to play something I just never played before. You ever have one of those games where you just never get around to it? Yeah. You know, and there's one game that I've always looked at. I'm like, man, this looks this looks crazy good. I never tried it. And so I thought, well, heck, this is the week because I thought the TI had the best-looking version of that. And so the game I looked at was Microsurgeon. Microsurgeon. Now, Microsurgeon uh, published and developed by Imagic. We love Imagic. Yes. My God. They've done a ton of stuff that I like, including Cosmic Art, uh, Atlantis. They've done lots of great stuff over Absolutely. the years. Absolutely. And this was one of their babies. Uh, this was designed by uh, Richard S. Levine uh, and programmed by him as well. It's funny, some web, web pages had a, no programmer listed for this, but everything I read, he did the program on this as well. Uh, Levine uh, has done some interesting stuff over the years, including motocross, kids on site, trucking, PBA bowling. He also, I didn't know this, he did the scripting tool uh, that they used for, uh, it came from the Desert 1 and 2. Huh. So that that's a feather in the old cap. Uh, he pro, of course program and design. Now this I've got two different dates for the release on this for the TI. Uh, I read nineteen. I read March of nineteen eighty four, and then another website said third quarter of eighty three. So I have I found some hmm. evidence to make me believe that maybe it was eighty three. This also came out for the Intellivision, yes. which is the place I saw it most frequently. Yes. Yeah. And this was a surprise, and I couldn't find any footage of this. Or any uh, people talking about it, but there, apparently there was a PC booter edition of this, which I would love to see what that really. Like, no, that I hadn't heard of that. Old. I hadn't heard of that. I also found uh, two different prices. This is on the same web page. Originally, this either sold for twenty nine ninety five or thirty nine ninety five. I so would assume. Go. I would assume it was thirty nine ninety five because that's what my game sold okay, for. Okay, well, there you go. That seemed to have been the standard TI pricing back in the day. Uh, just for your consideration, I did look uh, some stuff up on Rick Levine. He is best known for Microsurgeon, uh, but uh, he actually has done some other stuff. Uh, for RCA Labs, he was the lead programmer of an of a, uh, uh, item called, uh, I'm going to try to not butcher this, Planique, one of the earliest interactive motion video games for CD-ROM. And uh, while at Digital Pictures, he programmed the Windows 95 version of Double Switch, one of the first DirectX games. Hmm. This guy was at the, he was at the uh, cutting Forefront, edge. Yeah. He also worked for Microsoft as a senior software engineer in the Windows and Games division. So he's got some pretty, uh, he's got some pretty good, good uh, history there. Yeah, he's got some good pretty history. good stuff there. So let's get into what in the heck is this crazy game, Microsoft? Because it is a, it is a wacky a wacky game yes. this one so in this game you literally are what they say on the tin that you are the microsurgeon basically what you're doing here is going into a uh going into a body and going in and trying to cure various ailments that's the premise of the game uh you're in a, a microscopic robot probe right so, as you look at this game on the screen, the screen is divided into basically four quadrants. In the upper left, you've got basically like a picture of the human body where it like blown up. So you can see where your probe is. You can see the various body parts zoomed in, and you can see the ailments and inside whatnot. the inside body. the body. Yeah. Right to the right, you've got a, uh, a You've got a number that's a, the energy that's left in your probe, and below, below that you've got like a blow up, a real blow up 
of your ship that it literally ends stuff like veins and arteries. It's real blown up. Yeah. The bottom left will show you the status of your patient. Everything for lungs, hearts, uh, all the way down, all of his vital signs. And there'll be arrows that pop out of these. And when the arrows go higher and higher, that means that particular area or organ is in jeopardy. When that organ or area is preparing to fail, the uh, particular uh, uh, body part will be highlighted in orange, uh, which means you got real problems there, son. And then as a, I think a cute touch, in the lower right, you literally see your patient that you're working on in the bed. Yeah. Uh, he's in a hospital bed. And what's neat is occasionally uh, you'll see a, a, a nurse come in and talk to him or a doctor. And occasionally you even have a visitor, visitor come yeah. in. Which I don't think visitors are allowed in the AC, ICU. Well, but. I wouldn't let a visitor when I was on this, <laughs> especially given me. You've also got an EKG meeting in it, like you can turn on or off. You've got a couple of different things you can sound effects. You can sort of turn on or off. Yeah. Uh, like a heartbeat or a, or an EKG, you know, a, a, the beeping of the machine is to, uh, to tell you how good or bad the guy's doing, usually bad. So when this game was envisioned, this was effective. It, th this was going to be a fun educational title. I mean, I think that's what it is. I mean, if you look the manual for this, uh, it actually goes in depth with the various, it talks about all the different uh, uh, ailments that are represented in the game. Everything from like clots to like cancers. I mean, you, you're seeing all sorts of horrible stuff and viruses and whatnot. And you and the there's even a glossary in the manual. I read the whole manual. <laughs> I mean, they don't mess around here. I mean, you're doing stuff like killing, blowing, blowing away cholesterol, uh, cholesterol, gallstones, kidney stones. Guess what? Some guys have tapeworms. That's yeah. got to suck. I don't mean a tapeworm. No, like 50 of them. I mean, tons of them. <laughs> also, you, you got a patient that's a big smoker. You've got to go there and take care of these tar deposits <laughs> or brain tumors. Yeah. Right? You've got all sorts of different stuff here uh, to deal with. And so the, the manual goes through and actually tells you like what these ailments are, the glossary, what the different things do, the treatments. Uh, you are uh, Your ship is, is stocked with three different sorts of medication. You've got uh, ultrasonic rays, uh, antibiotics, and aspirin. And they're used for di to treat different things uh, in the game. For example, uh, aspirin will take care of viruses. Uh, now, <laughs> Somewhat misleading. Well, it slows them down. <laughs> uh, so you've got a lot to think about when you play this game. For one thing, you're guiding your ship through this body. As you look, the way this will work is, you. the first thing that happens is the game comes up and asks you to, for a difficulty level on the game. There are three difficulty levels. There's student, intern, and surgeon. I never left student. I can tell you that oh, right hey, now. Oh, no, yeah. But there, are, there is intern and surgeon. And then once you pick that, you get to pick a patient. Patients are numbered 0 to 999, right? <laughs> I believe the 0 patient can't be killed. I think he's just basically like, it's like working on a recessa ante. It's got guts. <laughs> and then, but each, so you've got a, a, basically, effectively, a thousand different patients, and each one will have different ailments. Yeah. Some will have bad lungs, some will have brain tumors, some will have uh, uh, gallstones, or whatever you got to take care of. And so you'll, you basically, when you start the, when you start the thing, it'll give you a sort of an idea of okay of what you're doing, and then you basically you're guided by the statistics that you're looking at. For example, if I see that my lungs 
are shooting up on my chart, then you can say, okay, there's something in the lungs. Let me go in here. Well, there may be a bunch of tar in there. You take your ship in and you use the appropriate medicine uh, to treat whatever's in there. Now, this game has a couple different ways you can control it. You can use the keyboard, which is what I did. You can also use two joysticks. Yeah. When I heard this, I thought, man, this is going to be great. It wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be, but it still makes sense. One joystick just controls your craft, and one joystick will basically pick the medicine. Yeah. You know, like that. So. Yeah, it's not a twin stick shooter. No, it's not. It's not. And, but I will but say. But it could it is, have been. It, it, well, I mean, it, I suppose. You're, you, when you go into the body, you've got to, aside from the fact you've got to monitor your patient, you've also got to contend with the amount of energy that in your ship. And you can gain energy back from like that. You just take it out viruses. Yeah. You get a little bit of energy back. But you've only got so much energy to get through this guy. And so as you work your way through the body, I think there's like eight or nine different areas of the body. Everything from the torso up is represented. Yes. The legs, no one cares. All the good stuff's up, up top. Yeah. And so, not only do you have to go through and clean all this stuff up, but once you've got your all the stasis in back in the norm, you've got to get out of the body before you run out of before you run out of juice. Now you can you travel through the body, uh, you can travel through the body however you want. You can just run, ram your thing right through stuff, but it's super slow. But if you get in like veins and arteries and stuff, then you move a lot quicker. They're sort of the highways of the body as you go through, and you can also uh, when you're done. You or you're out of energy. You can basically you leave the body, and that's what it ends. Basically, ends the game. Now you can go. You can literally burrow out his forehead if you want to, but I wouldn't recommend it. But what you can do is you can go out through one of the, nature's natural body holes. You know, the nose, the eye, the mouth. Those are the ones. I'm just saying that's those are the ones in the manual. I prefer you, you not go up my eye. Well, but, listen, you, know. you can go out the eye. If you when you watch this game, it's actually quite eerie. Because the the close-ups are there they did a great job of cross-sexing this guy. And you even when you're up near the eye, you can see his pupils getting big and stuff as he depends on how he's feeling. Uh, the uh, the viruses and whatnot take have basically icons that appear in that body area, and you've got to go through and use the appropriate medicine, clear them out. Uh, the ship moves, like I said, it, depending on where you're at, it's going to depend on how quick it moves. But it moves. I didn't have any trouble moving the ship, per se. I thought it moved okay. I will say the hit detection, the hit detection is a little wonky sometimes uh, because, the, uh, you know, but, I mean, you got there's a lot going on here. So, I, I and it's not precise. I, I, I can justify it to myself. Like, you're in a body. You don't know. You know there's a lot of crud, and it's not like it's in hollow. So, if you're not shooting this right thing, you know, it, maybe it's because... Uh, that uh, there was some fluid or something got in the way. Uh, but this is a real, this is a real unique game. I don't think we've played anything like this. I mean, I suppose Microchasm, but I mean, <laughs> this is way, way, yeah. way better than that. Yeah. Uh, and I think you could actually learn a thing or two. I'm not saying you're going to play this game and suddenly you can go give, do surgery. It's a, no, no. It's a neat way to learn uh, the organs. You can sit there and play this with a kid and you can, you know, you can explain stuff to them. So I think I like it. I like the manual goes a long way in making this sort of something that you can use as a teaching tool to a certain degree. That's what it was made for. I mean, sort of. You know, it's, but it's, at its heart, it's just a body shooter, basically. Well, I can see by the look at your face. You didn't like this one? 
I didn't like this one. I can't believe it. This I thought this was really good. No, it is really good. Oh, why didn't you like it? I I thought there was I here's the problems I had with it. First of all, it drops you into you you pick your patient and it drops you in no prep. There's no like okay, this guy has problems with his lungs. It you just get dropped into the body. And you're yeah, you can look at the arrows and kind of see that he's got problems here or there, but not having any kind of opening paperwork, it, it just, the experience felt cheap because of that. Uh, and the, the the sections of the body when you're flying around, yeah, they're impressive. You can kind of tell you're in a lung or you can kind of tell you're in the heart and it kind of feels like you're in the body because there's, you know, veins and arteries running everywhere. And I get what they're doing, but it also just looks like a big pile of puke on the screen. It doesn't look like puke? It looks like puke. And it's, if you know where you're at, you can say, no, like, see, here's, like, the outline of the stomach and, you know, the veins around. And I get that. So I'm not faulting the game for it. it. It is what it is, but... If you just saw this in a screenshot, you would just look at it and say, why is there a big pile of puke on the screen? Because it, no, it just, no, yes, no. no, Aaron, outside of the eye, right, where you you can see that the it's the profile of the guy's face, outside of that screen, it just looks like colors. It just looks like stuff. And there are so many... I mean, these are the absolute sickest people on the entire planet. It's a hospital! No, 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 no. No, no, no. I mean, when you go in and you work on someone's lung, it's not like, okay, let's find the tumor and get it out of there. It is a tumor. The entire lung is absolutely ravaged. And (coughs) it takes forever to clean up a body part. Because there is, you have to worry about blockages. You have to worry about uh, uh, respawning viruses. You've got to worry about tumor growth, and the tumors grow at, at and then just ridiculous speed and spread. Uh, you've got white blood cells that just randomly fly from the left to the right or the up and the down, and if they hit your ship, they zap your energy. So you always have to be dodging them. Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. <clears throat> there's so much going on, and the struggle to reclaim a body part and get it down to normal levels is daunting. And it seems... And if you just happen to wander into another part of the body, right, uh, where, where stuff is bad, it doesn't... It's not just like you walk into it and it's bad. You walk into it and it insta-spreads. You watch it spread out. And it's so disheartening that you have to... Now you got to clean all that up. I just... I didn't have fun with the game. I always felt like I was fighting a losing battle. I felt ill-prepared going into the game. Uh, and you've got your you've got your three ammo types. Yeah. The ultrasonic basically does everything except no. it basically does everything except you have to use uh, aspirin on the viruses. And uh, uh, I can't remember what the other one was. 
something for the for blockages, and that everything else is antibiotic. Yeah, uh, it it just I don't know. I I just at the end of the day, I didn't have fun, and I sure sure as heck didn't learn anything. You know, I think part of the problem here is that you you have so much contempt for your fellow man that as a surgeon. You know, you're not going to bother wasting your time with these guys. I think that's part of the problem. I think you're missing the, the humanity aspect. You're saving a life here, which I think is a neat part of it. But there's also a part maybe you didn't understand. And I didn't mention this when I was talking about the game, but it is sort of part of it. All right. As you go through this game, you're actually earning research money, which is great. And so the better job you do, the more cash you'll earn, which is an added... <laughs> Come on, that's my... I love that aspect, though, because you're a surgeon. you got to get paid, yo. And I was thinking to myself, these thousand patients that have enough money to hire the microsurgeon, they got to pony up. That's why they're so sick. They're desperate. They're not going to come here if they got a hangnail. They got tumors and crap growing exponentially. Yeah. They need you to come in there and take care of business. Now, I, I just, and I, I, here's something I have to stress. If you've never played microsurgeon, you should at least go and experience it because it is a, especially for back in 84, mind-blowing on creativity. Yeah. Mind-blowing. And, and that's something that, that these people, the developers and uh, 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 producers over there, they were always pushing, 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 pushing. They always pushed to go a little bit farther than gaming had ever gone before. And I give them major thumbs up for that. Right, because this is no one else was doing this. No, but but from a fun perspective, I did not have it. <laughs> I found it very enjoyable to go in here and clean with these suckers up, and they're on the brink of death, and then you and you actually get out of there. I, I thought that was fun. It's a race against time sometimes when you see those those names turning orange. You no, if go. they if they turn to orange and you're not already in the organ, they're you know, dead. You gotta, yeah, you got to be in there. Yeah, yeah, well, you're not wrong. You're not wrong there. But still, I found this game. I thought it was really interesting. To be honest with you, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I did. Uh, uh, I did manage to find a review of this game. Believe it or not. Uh, All right. This and I'll just go into this because it was a pretty thorough review. This is from the Home Computer Compendium, Volume One, Number One, February of 1984. Fellow named John uh, Colon, uh, ironically rated this. He gave it straight A's. Performance, ease of use, documentation, and value, and file grade. A's across the board. But this quote I felt particularly amusing and sad. He wrote, TI has always had a reputation for producing mediocre game software for its home computer. Finally, the company started coming out with the good stuff, and now it's out of business. Too bad. This is good stuff. 20. What it said, I thought that was particularly sad uh, when it when I read that. Uh, we also got a review uh, from the from the Pajokster on this one as well. Please don't call him the Pajokster. He writes, "Battle to save what has to be the sickest sickest patient in the world." Yeah. A really innovative game yeah. that I found to be a little complicated. Switching treatments was a little fiddly. In today's world, these would have been mapped to one of your controller's infinite buttons. That's true. That would have helped. Yeah. This is a good one you can remap. Uh, if I'm honest, the probe moved a little too slowly, which was too much of an issue for one screen, but moving from location to location took an age. Again, you have to know how to get there. 
And I found constantly having to monitor all the different parts of the body and then move there a bit overwhelming. I'd really, I'm, I'm really coming to love that speech pack. It really adds another dimension to these games. I find it quite fun. It's a little clunky and takes some getting used to, but it's worth checking out. A game that feels uh, like a mix of whoops, uh, Tempest and Fantastic Voyage. I don't know where he got Tempest. The movie Microsurgeon is the one that takes getting used to, but ultimately could work well on modern systems. 7 out of 10. I didn't mention the speech pack. I'm glad Pajaka brought that up. The funny thing, and I mentioned this earlier in the show, this thing will occasionally call out like intercom for doctors. <laughs> yeah, like paging and, doctors. And blah, one blah, of the blah. doctors yeah. at pages is 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 uh, uh, Doctor Levine, which yeah. is actually the guy who made the game. So he's a, he made himself a doctor in his own game. That's how you do it, I think. Yeah, um, the the speech pack for on this for those who who have not heard it. Uh, well, it does random calls like as if you were in a hospital. Yeah. Uh, it does. Uh, when you enter a new body part, it'll be it'll say like now entering the heart. Yeah, now, now it, yeah, uh, um, or yeah, entering heart. It'll give you some status updates on occasion. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely meat. Yeah, it, again, not it's, required. It works well for much like your game. Yeah, it's it's a nice added fun thing. You don't have to have it, but when you do have it, you're like, man, I'm glad I got that. Yeah, and it sounds good. Yeah, the the quality on it is real good. Yeah. Um, I did look this up on eBay uh, just for fun. Again, I could not find the PC booter for sale, but I looked up the cart. So you can get this thing for a song on the TI. 25 bucks for the cart manual. I saw the cart going for loose for 8 bucks. I saw somebody sell one for 15 bucks. I'd say the TI is a pretty collectible machine. It's that is super cheap. Makes yeah. me want to th- almost makes me want to think about getting I've had an opportunity to get a TI in the past. I didn't do it. And now I'm kind of like thinking to myself, maybe I should got one of these. Now, Aaron, you know normally I'm like, don't be an idiot, don't don't go out there. No, yeah. I wholeheartedly support your purchase of a, a TI ninety nine. That might be a good Christmas gift, to Brent, for you from you to me. I'm oh gonna, no, I'm not buying that for you. Now, uh, oh, hold on, I'm not quite. Just, well, I just want to mention that. Uh, uh, jump in. Moon mine uh, could be found for about uh, eighteen to twenty dollars. On eBay. Yeah, that's a good deal. I, I, I should fit to finish my thought before you rudely interrupted. Uh, the uh, uh, Intellivision version of this is uh, just about the same price. Keep in mind, the Intellivision version will have the overlays. Yeah, if Viva La Rasa. Uh, twenty bucks, twenty three dollars, and fifteen dollars, respectively, uh, for the Intellivision versions I saw on eBay. Not a bad price indeed. And I, for what it's worth. The Intellivision also has dual stick controls. Yeah, yeah. Which has to be the most clumsy idea ever. Dueling those uh, uh, those circle pads while also needing to press the buttons to change uh, different medicine types. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Intellivision has a different layout uh, as well. I, uh, Slightly. It, it, but it looks good, too. That's the one. It came out a year before. You got to give a magic credit. Those guys are really thinking outside the box. Yeah, you know I'm a big fan of their boxes. By the way, speaking Shinies. of boxes, I'm a big fan Super of the overall. You know, listen, the TI994A. Have we put it over enough? I mean, I was really impressed with this machine. I had fun with the first show we did, and hopefully, it won't be so long uh, before we come back down this path. Now, yeah. go ahead, Brent. Well, you know, I was wondering, Aaron. Yeah. If you we've looked at doing surgery on the body. Yeah. What happens if I need to do surgery 
on my C64. Boy, well, listen, there's only one microsurgeon I would trust with my trusty bread box or my uh, Amiga or even my Coco, and it's our good buddy Frank. Frank at RetroRewind.ca. Absolutely. Get too far away from your side. Well, you I'm it, sitting you? here looking. Oh, there, there it is. So let's talk about RetroRewind.ca. Uh, this is our local establishment right here in North America for all you interested parties. If you've got a Commodore product or a TRSA car computer and you're looking to accoutrefy this thing, let's say you need to upgrade, uh, you want to upgrade your Kickstart ROM, for example. Let's say you need diagnostic chips and diagnostic tools for these machines. There's just one place you got to go, brother, and that's up to Canada, to Frank at RetroRewind.ca. Frank also will sell you quality repair parts for your machine. Let's say you want to recap that sucker. Frank's got top shelf parts. They're bagged up. They're ready to ship to you right now. And if you've got a problem that even the microsurgeon can't fix, then you send it up to Frank. He's a super surgeon. He goes in there and does part replacements and repairs on all of your classic machines. He scopes it right out. That's correct. Please. Check Frank out at RetroRewind.ca. He's got decades of experience, and he's got all the equipment, just like the microsurgeon. He's got all the equipment that can go in there and take care of the patient, the patient being your various computers. Now, Aaron, to the to the wheel, yes, sir. we have added Amiga Ham Mode for the new piece. I don't even know. I don't know what games use that. Good and Lord. for the Retro Rewind, the PlayStation. Oh, fair enough. All right, well, let's see what you got there. Last week was a chat choice, so and well done. Let's see what we get this time. All right, we've got C64 Cartridge Games. C64 by Christian Giscoff. Giscoff. I think this is our second time around on the old cartridge game. Thank you, Christian Giscoff, for your excellent, excellent choice. Now, let's talk about when we'll get to that, because that will be what we do in two weeks. Why is that, the Brent? Because uh, next week, not on Sunday, but on Friday, we will be doing the Thanks for Giving Marathon. Well, we will be starting 10 a.m. EST and playing games from different gaming genres all day long uh, for your entertainment. This is not a marathon where we ask for money. We're not out here uh, 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 asking for donations. Now, if you want to give money or give donations, that's up to you. We can't physically stop you unless you walk into the room. But it's not about that. It's just about uh, uh, having a platform to be entertained for a little while as we say thank you for all the giving that you've done for us, the done for the charities throughout the years. It's almost just like point at the monkeys and laugh. That's it's all, it. It's also, you can do that. Hey, I want to also say we're going to have a little bit of a giveaway here. I've been donated a, uh, a Steam code for a Cinemaware bundle. Oh. We'll be giving that away thanks to our good buddy Dave7G. I told Dave I was going to put him over strong, and I'll tell you, I am. He knows all about the pro wrestling and I told him, I was like, I'm going to put you over, David. He goes, putting me over is best for business, brother. I love that. <laughs> well done, Dave. So Dave has donated a Cinemaware bundle. I've got the Cinemaware bundle, and it's great. Yeah. So it's definitely something 
that'll be fun to give away. We'll figure out something to give that away. We should have a good time. And the thing is, and this is what everyone wants, I think, you can watch hours and hours of me and the Brent, and then we're gonna we're gonna ease right into Amigos that night. And then and then once we get through Amigos, we're gonna do an Ask the Amigos with the it's a three way dance. Brent will be involved. We'll be in here taking all your questions. Should be a lot of fun. That's thanks for giving. Just to give you the exact times on that, that will be uh, Friday the twenty fifth. And you said you wanted to start at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Yeah, I thought Time. that's what, I thought I, that's I thought what we said. Nine, hey, what do I know, here. right? Listen, before we go, I didn't mention this last week. This man right here had a big special birthday. This old bum here. He hit the big 5-0, ladies and gentlemen. Finally. It took a long time to get there. And I want to celebrate that by giving him this here gift. Here it is. And I'm going to present it on the show. I, I, Here you go. It's a I, retro I gift. I can't open this for five years. No, you can open it right now. No, you said it's my 50th gift. What are you, What? How old are you? Far less than 50, old man. Close enough. Open the gift. Show everybody what you got. I hope you don't have this already, by the way. Should get the little one out first. Everyone likes birthday goodies. Not that. Wow. Thanks, Aaron. It's a piece of blank paper. I wrote down how much I love you on there. Get that out of here. Keep going. How long does this take? You got me. Oh, awesome. Dice. Those are lab, lab created D&D uh, &D dice. Those look good, too. Look how beautiful they are. Yeah, no, here, give me that. No, they're I mine. I want to show the people. You're blowing it. Look at that. Look at the top quality dice, ladies and gentlemen. You can't and... See the colors on oh, Legend of Zelda game... Game and Watch. It choked him up. It was so awesome. That's pretty good, Aaron. Did you have that one yet? I probably should have taken the price tag off in retrospect. I no, I, I'll, I'll be sure to cover that up for no, the folks. That, oh, I missed the price cover yeah. of Whoops. Hey, listen. Those are, I'm told they're becoming harder and harder to find, but I don't know. I don't like Zelda, but I know he likes it. So there you go. That's awesome. So there you go. Happy birthday, jerk. Thank you. All right. We'll see you Friday for Thanks for Giving. And until next time, please. Please, once a week, consult your local microsurgeon. Adios, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Devin Styles for our vector style graphics and Bartbit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Dryerlet 17. Baron Garut. Templar Mar. Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalogy, Airshack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O-Rong, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Graham, W. Fetke, Dave, Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rathmussen, Anthony Jarvis, Bitterblitter, Pajaco 6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo Inel, The Slow, Richard Smith, Norris, Terry Howard, Olaf Hope, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name called out in the credits and visualize in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com.